Young Hackney Substance Misuse Service is a service for young people between the ages of 6 and 25. Our aims are to help prevent first use amongst young people, to delay first use amongst young people, and to provide harm reduction information and advice where needed. All right, um, conjunctivitis.com. Now that's a site for sore eyes. Yes. <laughs> Come okay. on. Improving. <laughs> well, there we go. I got the laughter. I got the laughter. Oh, well, you know, just don't give up the day job. All right, so welcome to another episode of Let's Speak About Drugs, a young hackney substance misuse service podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dupe Craig, and with me is Paul Hira, a young hackney substance misuse treatment worker. And we have a special guest here today. He goes by the name of... So my name's Andrew McGee, and I work with both Dupe and Paul for my crimes. And I'm an education prevention officer. We research and then put together educational content, which we then deliver to the schools and colleges in Hackney and the Square Mile. And we also extend that to include professional training where it's necessary. Sweet. So today we will be talking about hallucinogens. But before we go into that, we're going to go into our Mythbuster. Time for the Mythbuster section. In this segment, I dispel common misconceptions in the drug world. So we're talking about hallucinogens. The myth is that if you take any hallucinogen, you'll trip for a few hours. The fact is the trip length of a full dose of psychedelics can differ drastically based on which type of drugs you ingest. So LSD trips tend to be the longest. And while they typically range from six to 11 hours, some users have reported even longer trips lasting up to 14 hours. Yeah, that's, that's the myth busted. Well busted, I'd say, okay. yeah. Oh, thank you. So now we move on to the topic of the day. And at this point, I hand the virtual baton over to our special guest, Andrew. Okay, so we're here to talk about a category of drugs which are most definitely would include some of the strangest uh, some of the most interesting and probably actually over the last five years, certainly in the UK and definitely from the States, um, some of the most confusing and disorientating drugs there are out there. And and, and I like the myth busted part uh, that Dupe's just taken us through because, you know, there is huge variation, massive variation in this category of drugs and i call it category that's about as precise as we can be because hallucinogenic drugs or psychedelic drugs as they once were called and are now being called will change and what's interesting about hallucinogenic drugs particularly for me is that a drug that was once described not as a hallucinogenic may now be described as a hallucinogenic simply because of trend and fashion and what we ask of our drugs and what is then delivered by cohorts in the world that are able to get their hands on these drugs and deliver them to the communities. Maybe a good starting point would give you a very, very brief snapshot um, about what we know about these drugs. So I'm going to read this off of another website because it's way easier to, to do that. 
Um, hallucinogenics or hallucinogen drugs work by stimulating or suppressing, that's pushing down or slowing down the activity of the neurotransmitters in our brain that they are most chemically similar to. So they look for an identical kind of body fit in the brain. And this causes a temporary chemical imbalance in the brain or what we could commonly call confusion. And that's what creates the hallucinations. And we have to be really clear about when we're talking about hallucinations because people tend to think that hallucinations are just seeing things that aren't there. But there are different kinds of hallucinations or hallucinatory experience. And that's not just visual. We have tactile hallucinations when we touch objects and they feel different to how they would normally be. And we have auditory hallucinations, which are when we hear things that are dissimilar, different to how they would normally be heard when we are not under the influence of a hallucinogenic drug. So more or less, a hallucinogenic drug is any substance which is either natural or created in a laboratory or synthesized that can trigger hallucination experience in the brain by a simple act of confusing the neurotransmitters. How's that? I mean, I learned something. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, that was, that, that was pretty insightful. Thanks for that, Andrew. And now we move on to our Q&A section. So I'd like to welcome our young person. She goes by the name Liana. Hello, Liana. Hi. So here you get to ask questions that you want answered. So ask those questions. Um, what's considered a safe dosage and what's considered a dangerous dosage of LSD? I mean, Liana, the thing about LSD, which is um, one of the most popular hallucinogenic drugs and is probably a drug that we know more maybe potentially about than the other hallucinogenic drugs. Let's just call them psychedelics because I kind of like that name more and it's easier and it sounds more groovy. LSD first came to popular attention um, long after it was first introduced by the scientific world in the 40s. People think that um, LSD came about around about the mid to late 60s. That was when it became a recreational drug, but it was used quite deeply in areas of science, in areas of medicine and also psychological medicine. So that's therapeutic work from about 1946 onwards. And then it had a re-emergence as a recreational drug when several people in the USA uh, got hold of LSD and started to use it to experiment in terms of their perception. So these were creative people. They were writers, film directors, photographers, journalists, lots of different people, and they were living in the west coast of the USA. Uh, they had friends who were working in laboratories and doing trials with LSD, and they got their hands on this. And then very quickly, it kind of broke free of its science and became a recreational drug. So LSD is the most referred to, most popular used hallucinogenic drug. Okay, The simplest answer is that when people take LSD, particularly for the first time, they really need to be in a good place. So what I mean by that is they need to be happy. They need to be in a comfortable place where they don't feel threatened. They're chilled out. Maybe there's, you know, there's good things happening in their life. So they're in a good place. And they are most importantly, they're surrounded by people that they know and they trust. Because, you know, we're talking about um, a drug which once taken, you can't kind of reverse. There is no drug that you can give that will block this drug in its effect. And as Dupe said at the beginning, you know, we're talking about drugs that, 
might last from three hours to nine hours to 12 hours. It's not uncommon for people to talk about tripping for nine plus hours. So, you know, that's a whole school day plus more. So um, the safest way to do it is to surround yourself with comfort and security. And then, you know, it's really up to you and the trip to work out what happens next. What should I do if me or one of my friends got into a bad trip? I mean, the most important thing to realize is that once you take a psychedelic drug and it starts to make changes happen, you start to feel differently. Normally, the first effects of most psychedelic drugs, LSD included, will be actually quite pleasant. I mean, let's be really clear. If drugs didn't make us feel better, happier, uh, more engaged in conversation, more able to relate to people, they wouldn't be as popular as they are. And LSD particularly has been used as a recreational drug since the 60s. So it's not going away, okay? It's always in fashion because it's very cheap and it's very powerful and it does lots of different things. Now, if the trip starts to go a little bit sideways and your friends or whoever's friends start to feel unpleasant, start to feel what they'll most likely feel is um, a sense of dread, a sense of threat, maybe some paranoia, you know, insecurity, fear, not usually anger or frustration, things like that. It's usually LSD, when it goes wrong, you start to feel kind of, you know, threatened in some way. The most obvious thing to do is always the best thing to do, which is to comfort that person, speak to them, tell them that things are cool, you've got it under control, they're not in any danger, and even a physical hug. You know, I was reading stuff to prepare for this this morning, um, and there were a lot of testimonials online by young people saying that what helped them for a really bad trip was just the fact that, you know, they could trust the people around them. But because we're talking about a drug which makes you see things and feel things in a different way, it may be that you don't necessarily recognize or even trust the people around you. So, you know, your friends need to remain calm and they need to give you the comforts that they know will usually work when they're trying to help someone. So that's that's probably the safest thing to suggest. Next question. Can you physically overdose on LSD? Whether you can overdose on a drug is a good question. What you certainly can do is you can take too much at a particular time. And of course, that will double, treble, quadruple, whatever, multiply the effects. But the current understanding about psychedelic drugs if we're going to talk about lsd is that once okay this sounds a little bit weird the moment i urinate the moment i go to the toilet and have a wee i have actually excreted most of the active chemicals out of my bloodstream which is really interesting because that's when you start to trip after that and so really the whole experience of tripping really is just a a mind, a brain, just being in a confused state for a long, long time. So I think the danger um, with LSD is that some people can have incredibly powerful reactions to the drugs, which can most mostly be negative. So that's probably just as bad as overdosing on any other drug, because if you see, hear and feel things differently and they don't feel right, that can uh, provoke a lot of anxiety, which can then turn into a panic attack. And if you're having a panic panic attack anyway, that is an incredibly scary uh, and unsettling situation. But if you're having a panic attack while tripping, I can't really think of anything that it would be maybe more scary than that. So the danger is not so much that you can overdose. The danger is that you just have a profound reaction to the drug and that it is not easy for you to be comforted or reassured. And lots of young people end up going into A&E 
under the influence of psychedelic drugs because they're in a, you know they're really really freaked out they're very very freaked out indeed and it's incredibly difficult to talk to someone if they're having a bad trip particularly if you're wearing a white gown and you're in a hospital because that's just going to freak them out even more so technically no it's not really possible to overdose on psychedelic drugs but it doesn't mean that they're safer than the other drugs are young people more drawn to using uh, psychedelics in in your opinion liana yeah there are i know lots of people that take pretty much everything but i think mdma pills are more frequent in people that i know but people that do take the psychedelics maybe putting them on toast with chocolate spreads i don't think it's more popular than things like weed but because mm. obviously you can smoke weed all day every day but you can't go take an acid all day every day I think that's, that's a really interesting point you just made, Liana, because, you know, what we know about young people and drugs is that they are often the most creative, imaginative, you know, people that will take these drugs. And if they don't like the taste or even the effect, they'll do something in order to take that. So it's really, really common for people to put shrooms in like an omelette or to make a tea out of it. Anything to take the taste away or, you know, take the smell away. You can't do that with the other drugs, of course, that we've talked about. And we don't really know what happens to uh, shrooms when you do sort of cook them up and things like that. Some people say that they're less powerful. I've heard that it increases the potency of the drug. But, you know, people are always going to be imaginative, even creative. I mean, it is being creative when you're trying to look at using a drug and coming up with all of these fantastic ideas on how to take them. Uh, I've got a question, Andrew. What do you say to people who say that taking psychedelics is a key to unlocking your unconscious mind? LSD does certainly trigger vivid hallucinations. It can change the way that you hear and feel things, like I said at the beginning. But way before that, what it usually does is it triggers a sense of euphoria. Yeah. Now, if this drug didn't make us feel more joyful, more peaceful, more happy, it just wouldn't have survived this amount of time. Okay. These drugs make us feel good. And that's the buy in. They also are very well known to increase the vividness of colors. People commonly talk about music sounding more powerful. Sometimes people say that they can actually see sounds or even feel or hear colors. So the other buy in. Um, for LSD particularly, is that it's not just a euphoric drug, but it's a drug that actually creates a massive explosion in terms of how we perceive and engage with the things around us. Whether it makes a bad comedian <laughs> an excellent comedian or improves a person's ability to write an engaging, fantastic short story, I think that's up for question but what it will do is it will change things up for you you know in terms of the things that are going on around you so which is why it's always really been used um around art and music and things like that but um the risks are still there all right cool thanks for those questions liana now uh can everyone see what i've got in my hand over here it's the advice box In this segment, uh, we share advice, resources, and tools that might help our listeners at home. So, Andrew, any advice for the listeners out there? If anyone uh, wants to take uh, hallucinogenic drugs, any psychedelic drug whatsoever, I guess the safest advice is just not to use. But if you're absolutely um, determined to use it, 
the best advice is to be in a good place. And what that means is that you're stable, that you're happy, you're comfortable, you're confident. And you're also confident about the people that are surrounding you. So um, be in a good place, be in a, a, a mellow mood and be surrounded by people that know you well and that you trust. Make sure you've got things like a charged up phone, some fluids like water, some cash to get home or whatever. Just have an exit plan. But most importantly, be around people that will be responsible and take care of you when that trip starts to come through. Because once it comes through, that's it. There's no reversal. And we're talking about drugs that can last for 9, 10, 11, 12 hours even, especially if you redose. So be in a safe place with safe people and good luck. And now we're going to close the advice box. This brings us on to the next segment, which is the requests. The requests. The requests. We just want to say if you do want to ask questions, if you have any requests, you can do that. And how you do that is by sending a message either to our Twitter, which is... At Young Hackney. You can also email us. Via email at yhsms at hackney.gov.uk. You can text us on our text number, which is 07814-183052. And you can call us on our duty line, which is uh, 0208 three five six seven three seven seven from nine a.m to nine p.m monday to friday all right guys um we've reached that that time of the of the show and it it makes me so upset but it's the end it's the end guys um so it's a goodbye from me dupe and a goodbye from me paul and this is andrew saying goodbye goodbye from Liana. See ya. Bye. That's a wrap. Later.